The Boys of Tech with Edwin Herman, Brett King, Cameron Colley and Alec Doughty. This episode is sponsored by Mosey Pro for Business. indeed everybody welcome along this is episode 151 of the boys of tech for monday the 30th of january 2012 my name is edwin herman i'd like to welcome my co-host this week brett king welcome howdy and how are you this week pretty good pretty good indeed and yourself how are you I'm great, thanks. I'm, I'm I'm really good. Had a busy weekend looking at houses to buy, but it's kind of depressing Ooh. in a way because it just shows you what you can get for your money these days, which is not a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that That is quite true. That I'm, is quite I might true. have to opt for the cardboard box under the local bridge. <laughs> I'm sure you'll find that that is already taken, Ed. <laughs> You're probably right, actually. I think it is already taken. <laughs> Oh, well. But I thought house prices had come down quite a bit. They have. They're but still well below the average it was when I bought. Yeah, yeah, no, they are. I check myself constantly about that. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. It, it is actually a very good time to buy right now. But uh, yeah, no, it'll it'll take some time, but we'll get there. Mm. In the meantime, they're just looking at this week. What happened? Not a lot. No, Why it does it so- appear to be just little repeats of things or just little interesting new snippets of stuff, but nothing really gritty to sink your teeth in. Was there something major on, like, that we missed? Like, I don't know, some sporting event or something or some entertainment event that no one wanted to... Do anything in tech this week? Last full week in January, people are still, I guess, coming back to work and getting into the groove. Well, I know it could be this. Usually it's a sign that Apple's released something because no one does stuff when Apple does stuff because they like the big fanfare and everything. Yeah, but generally there's a rumor of an Apple release of something. But the actual release, there's there's been nothing released from Apple. No. So that's not the reason. So what is the reason? Yeah. Don't know. Uh, in any event, <laughs> in any event, we do have a few stories to talk about. Just looking ahead at some of those, we're going to look at the proposed changes to Europe's data protection laws, and also more patent issues for Apple, and what Google already knows about you. Now that's a little scary. But first, a reminder that this show is sponsored by Mosey Pro. When it comes to running a successful business, there are a lot of things you got to get right, and we all know that. Often, though, what's overlooked is protecting the data that actually powers your business. And that Indeed. Is, and that is key. Data, data is king, isn't it? It is. Without your data, without your information, your business is nothing. Absolutely. And you know what? You've got to remember that computers, servers, and external hard drives, and even tape backups are actually vulnerable to failure and therefore data loss. In the US alone, the metric is 140,000 hard drives fail every week. Doesn't surprise me at all. I've gone through several hard drives in the years of owning computers. Yeah, well, actually, I've got an iBook right now. The hard drive's dead. It's dead. I need a new hard drive for it, or I'm going to toss the whole thing out and buy something new. Oh, indeed. You know? And I would suggest something non-Mac. 
but that's beside the point. <laughs> you would, wouldn't you? <laughs> and, and you know, the thing is, data loss is not cheap. You know, a single instance can be like $10,000 or more just to recover that data. Precisely. And that is often several times more than the laptop itself was worth. Yeah, exactly. And so this is why I want to tell you about our friends at Mosey, the most trusted name in online backup. Now, Mosey Pro's secret is that it's unbelievably easy to use and affordable for organizations of all sizes. So there's no reason why you shouldn't be using an online backup system like Mosey Pro, is there? There is no reason at all. So let me tell you about Lauren. Lauren is a small business owner who left her IT job to start a dog boarding and daycare facility. And she used an external hard drive for backups, right? Now, a lot of us do that, right? Oh, yeah. I use external hard drives for backups all the time. I, I have some sitting in front of me right now. A couple of things that I should point out, though, about hard drive backups, external hard drive backups like that. One is that, as you know, Brett, it only gives you what you might call operational recovery, right? Not disaster mm-hmm. recovery. So, yeah. yeah, if you have a failure, you can get stuff back. But if you have, if there's a big disaster, like there's a fire or um, or theft for that, burglary for that matter. Um, oh, they often take the external hard drives as well, unless yeah. you are one of those people who takes your external hard drives home. Exactly. Yeah. So, and the other thing, of course, to remember is that, <laughs> You have to remember to do them, you know, especially if you're going to plug the thing in and take it out again, you know, so you mm. have to remember to do it. Now, yeah. she, now Lauren actually lost data because she'd forgotten to back up a few times. So, you know, it, it happens. She recently switched to Mosey Pro and she says, I chose Mosey Pro for its simplicity, automatic schedule and a wonderful customer service. So if you're not backing up your business data online, here's a reason why you should consider Mosey Pro. During the backup process, All files are safeguarded with military-grade encryption, so your files remain yours. And they're stored at Mosey's world-class data centers. That's right. It's one of the things you have to consider when you're backing up your data to online cloud storage sites is if you haven't encrypted your data, are they encrypting your data? Because otherwise, they can read your data and suddenly your business essential files aren't yours anymore. Absolutely. No, you want that peace of mind. And you Mosey, want that peace of mind. And Mosey Pro gives you that peace of mind. So make sure your data is backed up. Give our friends at Mosey a call. Now, they've been doing this a long time. They run the most secure, most trusted online backup service. And plus, right now, you can save 15% just by using the promo code PODCAST15. Give them a call now, 877 that's a US number, 877-669-9776. Or just visit moseypro.com. That's M-O-Z-Y pro.com. So into our first story about data protection laws in Europe. Now, this is an interesting one because I've never seen anything like this before. Mm. The proposal is about consumer data, you know, that the uh, you know, companies hold, the information companies hold about you, as yeah. you know, many, many... And com- ISPs, and all I- of that well, data that, all of those footprints that you leave when you're online. Not just when you leave online, but or, or that you leave when you're online, but also the, the information that you give to companies. It, it's, yes, it's, it's all indeed. of that. And so, as you are all probably aware, many, many countries have, have laws around that, like, uh, you know, you've got the right to update that information, you've got the right to see that information. Well, Europe is now proposing something that goes a little further than that, and that is, for certain data, the right for you as a consumer to pull that data or to have that data deleted. So, in other mm. words, to forget certain things. 
It is a massive change to data projection rules. And the European Union has really kind of been at the forefront of pushing privacy and the protection of people's rights to their own data online. They first did it with the 1995 Data Protection Directive, which is the one which says that citizens uh, have the rights over their data and can get access to their data. Now, the Justice Commissioner Vivian Redding is proposing that, yeah, we have this new right and that is to be forgotten. Now, there are some conditions and you know, obviously one of the criteria that need to, needs to be met is the fact that you can only do that if the data is no longer acquired, right? So mm. if for some reason there's no reason for a company to store your date of birth, for example, then you can go and request that that be removed from the system that they no longer know your age and therefore, or, you know, your date of birth. Yep. Mm. And the company then has to come up with a really good reason as to why they need to keep that. Yeah. So this and is, if they can't, then they have to they let have it to go it. If, this, if this passes. Now, Brett, has this gone too much in the favour of the consumer or is this just getting the balance right? I don't think there's anything that could go too much in the favour of the consumer. Because after all, it's a consumer's data, right? Precisely. It is their personal data. It is their personal information. If they no longer want to shop with you, they have the right to say, I want you to remove every bit of information you have about me from your system. And if I come back and buy shoes from you again or buy a T-shirt, then I might give you the information that you about me again. But right now, I want you to forget it. So what about just playing devil's advocate for a second? What about the suggestion that if you gave them that information to start with, you're obviously okay with it. You don't have to shop anywhere. So th- ah, but that's not the point. What you're then saying is that giving the right once is giving the right forever. But that's not true because there will be certain circumstances, certain times when, yes, giving that information might be okay might be fine with you. But then you might decide afterwards that you no longer want to have anything to do with a particular store. Maybe you've moved countries and you don't even do anything with that store anymore at all or with that organization or with that ISP or with whatever. And to then have them come back and say, well, you gave us the information this first time and said it was okay for us to have it. So that means forever. That's no, that's completely wrong. My giving you the right to use something of mine is completely bound temporarily. There is a time limit on it. And that time limit is as long as I say, because that data is mine. So what you're really saying is that before we didn't have the ability to, to say, you know, okay, you can have this information for now, but when I've finished dealing with you or when I, you know, for something, when the situation changes and you no longer need that, I want that removed. Yeah, we didn't have, we couldn't do that before, right? It was, it was here. It is, and you can have it forever. Now, yep. uh, you, what you're saying, Brett, is that we've, well, if this goes ahead, I should say, in Europe, you'll have the ability to say, well, okay, you can have it for now, and later on, when I know that we, we don't do business anymore, I'm going to ask you to remove that. Yeah, or um, I can ask you to remove. Or I can, that. Yeah, if, if I want to. Yeah, yeah. that, that, that kind of makes sense. I, I think that's okay. And yeah, uh, I think it's brilliant. I think it's absolutely brilliant, and <laughs> more countries should get on board with it. 
I was well. I was just going to say, actually, you know, this podcast originates uh, here in in Wellington, New Zealand. I, I wonder whether the New Zealand government will actually look at this as well. Mm. It'll be some time, probably. Now, yeah. let's a couple of stories about Apple, Apple and trademarks and patents and all that sort of stuff. Now, we we know that they've been in a battle with Samsung in particular for for quite a while. Well, Apple has unfortunately not managed to clear a major hurdle. Uh, it's of lost course, you would say unfortunately, Ed. <laughs> <laughs> well, unfortunately for Apple, they've lost a bid. They lost a bid on Tuesday last week to have Samsung Indeed, tablet been computers pushing banned the, the, the same thing that they pushed in Australia and got Australia capitulated to them to block the sale of Samsung tablets. And I think they got it passed in a couple of other countries as well. But they've tried it twice in the Netherlands, and the Dutch have said no. The hmm. Dutch lower court had initially said dismissed Apple's case for stopping Samsung's tablet being sold in the Netherlands. So Apple appealed to the appeals court and the Dutch appeals court have come back and said, no, no, the the lower court was spot on and no. That's what it's going to be. We're not banning it here. Well, you know, this, uh, these two companies, I don't know. The funny thing is, is that Samsung still still is a, a major supplier to, to Apple for for its yeah, I uh, display technology, <laughs> I believe. Which yes. will be which will be interesting to see quite where that goes. I I, hope, I only presume that Apple have a backup plan that if that goes south. In fact, any good company like Apple, a you know, large company like Apple, should have a backup plan for any uh, supplier. You know, not being able to. You know, provide. Mm. So, but uh, Samsung is a major supplier of some major yeah. components, and you've also got to remember that these these huge companies can have battles with each other in certain parts, but still be perfectly cooperative in other parts where right. it still works with them. But well, what are, companies are just they're big single name companies that are actually lots of little divisions. Well, the other thing to remember too, Brett, is that Samsung aren't silly. They also know that if they don't supply them with those that technology, Apple may get, okay, might not get something quite as good, but it will still source something else, you know, and, oh, yeah, and continue yeah. making the iPhone or the, the, you know, the iPads that they so despise. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, it, it really isn't going to, uh, you know, just not providing them with technology isn't going to stop Apple from producing these products. And they know oh, that. So, yeah. so they might as well make a buck or two out of it, uh, you know, while they still can. Now, the, the other uh, setback for Apple is uh, Motorola is now having a go uh, at the iPhone 4S and iCloud over patents. Yep. So <laughs> I knew it was going to happen. One of the other big patent holding companies with patents in this sort of technology would come in and start waving them around at Apple. That's exactly what's happening. But, you know, this is, it's not the first time Apple has had, you know, patent. Oh, it, it, it just goes back to the whole thing that we've gone over so many times of the ridiculousness of so many of the technology patents. You know, you sound just like Simon. We we had Simon on on the panel for, for one show. I think it was so the last show of last year, I think it was. And, and you and him sound, you know, you're singing the same song. You're both singing the same song. Yeah. And, and no pun intended too, by the way. He's a, he's a singer-songwriter. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, but, uh, it's starting to get ridiculous, the whole patent well, thing. So things you can and cannot get away with within the patent system. You can get away with more things than you can't, apparently. Because it, it seems they go, give it a once-over. If they don't understand it, they let it go through, and then they will go, oh, somebody will litigate against it, and we'll change it afterwards. Yeah, you know, I wonder whether there is a lot, bit of that reactive sort of... But that's know. ridiculous, because that just leads to... Um, it leads to... It slows everything what? down. Yeah, it slows, it halts innovation for smaller companies who can't 
wage legal war against a patent that is blatantly wrong. Yeah, it's patent madness. Oh, absolutely. Totally. <laughs> totally. It's mad. It's mad. Indeed. <laughs> uh, I, I think actually a, lo- a lot of the uh, the regular Boys at Tech hosts kind of been saying the same sort of thing. I can hear Al going, it's madness. I yep. can just hear him in my, my head right now. Um, <laughs> now, I want to talk about what Google already knows about you. Now, this is interesting. Google it kind of keeps a, a profile, doesn't it, of you? And- yeah, yeah. It's like everybody's been getting up in arms over the fact that Google has, you know, Google's about to implement a brand new privacy policy to allow them to link all of the information they know about you from all of the different Google avenues that you use. So if you use any of the different array of Google family products, it stores a bit of information about you. And they want to, you know, they want to make it obvious in their new privacy policy that they want to be able to use all those bits of information so that Google search engine can use bits of information it's found out about you from your Gmail account, from your Google Plus, from other Google branded things that you use so that it can use them in all of these different places. So they're just kind of concatenating it, but they already kind of have that information. So it's more them now changing their privacy policy to reflect what they now want to do with all this information they have. So what's a general view about this? Are people sort of concerned? Oh, it, it's, you know, it's, it's got the standard thing that comes up when anybody is about to change their privacy policy. People are a lot of people have gotten up in arms over the new privacy policy. Oh, not look, wanting you know, stuffed, not, not wanting their Google search results to be, you know, filtered and changed because they got a whole heap of email on their Gmail account recently about one thing. You know, <laughs> people shouldn't overreact. This is not Facebook. It's only Google. <laughs> well, it's just, as, it's just as big and just as bad. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> but I it's, just stuff that's already, it's, stuff, it's information that's already got. You just need to, be a, to know how to go in and remove it because you can. I haven't actually read their new privacy policy, but unless they state within there that they're removing their ability to remove that metadata they hold about you, you can go in and remove the different bits of information that it has learnt about you. So how do you actually go about doing that? Well, one of the easiest ways is to just, you know, nuke your cookies every now and then. Remember what your password is, nuke your cookies. <laughs> what about your uh, Google accounts itself? Yep. Can, you, can, can you can go in and look at your Google demographic information and it gives you a link within that demographic information to remove or edit any of the bits of information that has learnt about you. So if you're concerned, what you're saying is you can go in there, you can modify that, you can untick a bunch of boxes or whatnot. Yeah, yeah. So for instance, if you haven't explicitly said your age or anything in any of your Google services, then it tries to guess your age and your gender based on what it is that you do. So if you discover that you're a 28-year-old female and in fact you're a 34-year-old male, you can go in and change your demographics information (laughs) to be accurate. If that's what you want. But then I guess you could also go in and change your demographic information to be something that you're not <laughs> if you just wanted to have some fun with them. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Why not too? Some good advice there, Brett. Thank you for that. And just want to conclude the show, by the way. Like I said, not a lot happened this week. Just want to conclude the show with a little interesting stat that every minute, 60 hours of video is uploaded to YouTube. 60 hours worth of video every minute uploaded to YouTube. 
Wow. That just, this is every minute. This is not just, you know, uh, at the peak time or anything. This is on average across the, the whole day, every minute, 60 hours. Wow. Yep. That, that just boggles the mind. Now, in, just to see, to see how this grows, in 2007, they started at six hours per minute. In 2010, it went up to 24 hours, then 35, and then 48, and now it's 60 hours of video every minute. Now, obviously, a lot of that is probably junk, as we know. There's a lot of rubbish on YouTube, mm. but there are some real hidden gems, and the more video that goes on there, then also the, the, the more gems that, that do come out. Yeah, yeah. So many people have become world-known you know, known globally because of things that they've done on YouTube. Yeah, they've become a sort of Stuff they've posted on YouTube. A YouTube celebrity, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's happening every day. People are making money off of the stuff that they're posting onto YouTube. It's creating them job offers. Do you have a YouTube channel? Uh, Have you posted video? No, not personally. Right, but you have for work? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, see, I've I've not done YouTube video yet. We don't, and yeah, Boys of Tech, we we haven't put any of our stuff on YouTube video. Because people might like listening to our voices, but I'm sure they don't want to see our ugly mugs. (laughs) Hey, we've got them on the little icon anyway, so. (laughs) But then we've stylized them down to remove some of the detail. No, um, (laughs) Brett, that pretty much is it for the Boys of Tech this week. I must say we didn't talk about .com at all. We no, managed to we stay did away not from talk that. about .com at all. Do you know what? Uh, I'll be honest with you, Brett. I'm almost sick of that story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So many people I, have I want been something about to it. happen. I yeah, want yeah, something, I mean, something extra to happen with it. At the moment, it's just memes about how large .com is in both his monetary wealth and physical presence. Well, um, there was the inflatable, uh, life-size inflatable tank that appeared on his front lawn just recently. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one knows to put that there. A, a life-size inflatable tank. Because um, that wasn't there when they when they when they raided his house. Apparently, <laughs> so it's, it's appeared since, and we, no one knows who put it there. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, he's 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 a funny guy. That guy. <laughs> anyway, without if we go on anymore, we will be talking about dot com. So, Brett, let's round off the show right here. Thank you very much for being a great co-host on episode one fifty one. Always a pleasure, Ed. Excellent. And that wraps it up for New Zealand's longest running tech podcast. If you love the show, we'd love you to donate. There's no obligation, but if you'd like to, it's a very nice gesture. You can do that at our website, boysoftech.com. Other than that, take care, everyone. See you next week. Goodbye. Bye-bye.